Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode, episode 37 of the Physique Development Podcast. This show is a question and answer based show where we take questions we have asked from our listeners and answer them through our industry experience as coaches and from our own personal perspectives. We also do deep dives on our team and deep dives on single topics. But today we are doing a little bit different episode. If you've been listening to our podcast, then you know we have done our coach spotlight episode. So this is going to be our coach spotlight for our new coach, Caleb. Snaps for Caleb. I wish I knew how to use our soundboard to do some snaps, but I do not. Uh, So within that, welcome, Caleb. Thank you. (laughs) So we're going to be hearing a little bit from Caleb, getting to know who he is. um, And you'll guys be able to very quickly see why he's a part of the staff on physique development. So we're going to dive into kind of Caleb's background, his life, and then go through uh, a few topics as well. So getting started, Caleb, why don't you tell us some just general facts about you and your life right now? Yeah. um, Well, I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which is um, in the western part of the country, but not um, west coast. I have, uh, I live with my wife and my dog. Um, I've lived there my entire life. And um, I started out working in fitness and now I'm kind of transitioning back into fitness more full-time. Yeah. So where were you in between there? Um, I was working. So I went to school for finance and then working in capital markets for a couple years and then a little bit more in like consulting private finance after that. Yeah. So within that of going from that finance and coming back to fitness because you started within personal training in person, uh, what did that look like for your, your want and desire to switch over to doing fitness more? Yeah. I mean, um, fitness never really like left me. It's always been, um, kind of like a pervasive, um, scratching at the back of my mind. So, um, during finance, it was kind of always going to be a means to an end for fitness. And then, um, over time, I just like slowly was eroding my motivation to continue doing that. And then, um, I just kind of doors kind of opened, as I like kept my finger on the pulse of fitness and it just kind of worked out. Yeah. Yeah. We're very happy that it worked out the way that it did as well. Uh, So we'll kind of go through a little bit of your fitness journey just because each person's is so unique, but it's really cool. And I had said this in Austin's podcast yesterday. So if you haven't listened to that episode, it's the episode before this and we go over Austin's fitness journey. Um, And we talked about how so many people come from different life avenues and different experiences, Mm. but especially with Team PD, how we've all kind of ended up in a similar spot. Of course, we're all different and unique, but we all ended up where this is our job, this is our passion. And a lot of us where we were doing other jobs and kind of doing it to supplement fitness. um, And Austin, Alex and I kind of dove in without any regard to anything else. (laughs) And we're like, oh, we want to do this. We love this. Um, So what did that look like for you growing up? Was there a motivator? for you to get into fitness? Was it something to do with body image? What did fitness look like as you grew up? Yeah. um, So I think like many people, it did have to do with body image. Um, But when I went through like junior high and high school, I was not really like an active person. So being in Canada, I played hockey growing up like a good Canadian boy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, did that till I was about 14 or 15. And then most of my focus was on like music and art and that type of thing all through um, through high school. And uh, right after high school, I remember I was uh, not going to university and I was going to pump gas full time for a year. And um, I remember getting there and I was starting it and I was like, this is 
going to be the worst thing <laughs> ever. So um, with pumping gas in Canada, I'm going to just interrupt you here. Yeah. Is it that you pull up and someone else pumps it always? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a, how it is. And I think only New Jersey in the state. Okay, yeah. Like it's one state that does that. Yeah, it's like there are certain, like even within one gas station, there's just like one lane that's called full serve. Mm -hmm. And then like, yeah, we would do that. Okay. And it's terrible in the winter. <laughs> oh, I right? can't like, imagine. It's so cold. Um, but people still want you to clean their windshield when it's like minus 40. So, um, but I was doing that and I was like, this is miserable. And my sister was a personal trainer at one of the like bigger commercial gyms in Calgary. Um, and so I texted her like in the middle of my first shift. I'd worked there all through high school, but my first shift full time, I texted her and I was like, do you have like, can I work at the gym? <laughs> so then I worked selling memberships, uh, did a terrible job. Um, they actually let me go, but they were like, we like you. Can you stay on as a cleaner? So then I like uh, swallowed my pride, cleaned machines for like $10 an hour for um, maybe a year and then got my like weekend certification because I just started seeing the training and like getting into it myself and lifting weights and stuff. And I was like, this is really great. And I was really into CrossFit, like going in that direction. Mm -hmm. And then one of their trainers had like no showed one day, one of his clients and it was kind of like his last straw. So they were just like, well, you're certified. Go train her and then you can be a trainer. And that's just how it started. That's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then it it became like an avenue to be like, well, I can change my body this way. I have body image issues. And this can be how I solve that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I think we know we learn as we go that it doesn't really solve those those issues of body image yes. <laughs> yeah um but and sometimes makes it worse but yeah that is how I kind of got into it and then it just kind of took like I was really shocked because being from arts and music and that type of thing I really didn't expect to be um in training yeah ever so yeah yeah and so this was that in between year before you went off to university yeah it was actually so I couldn't go to university okay. because I did not apply myself um <laughs> in high school um, towards academia at all. Um, so I actually, yeah, I did that. And then I just kind of started taking courses. And um, like, you know, I started with the Poliquin, Charles mm -hmm. Poliquin's education system. And then I just kind of kept working and doing training for about four years. But I was disenchanted with the long-term prospects of having a family and a career and, and managing that financial stability. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what drove me to finance because my wife had just graduated university. And I was like, oh, you can have a sick day and get paid still. Amazing. <laughs> this I is wonderful. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, with you saying that you didn't really apply yourself within academics and school, with getting into training, what do you think was that motivator for you to just dive into? I mean, the Poliquin um, method and, and the principles and the those textbooks are pretty hardy textbooks to dive into yeah. as the first thing. And a lot of times I see within people that are training in person is they're like, I have my job. I don't have any like need to learn so much more mm -hmm. because you're working with a general population and going through all of that. So what was kind of the push for you to dive into that or how'd you even find that? Yeah, I think so with the Poliquin specifically, I think that I had had an interest in learning like why do we store body fat in certain places because I wanted to change where I store body <laughs> fat. And so he had the biosignature modulation and that was a like this testing skin folds mm -hmm. and then it tells you kind of your hormonal profile. And that really interested me. But um, as far as like the shift from being really not into academics and not liking that kind of stuff, 
I think I came out of school and I didn't think very highly of my like academic ability and my mm -hmm. intelligence and because I'd never tested it. Mm -hmm. And then I think I just had a few people around me at the gym that were training and they were kind of saying, well, you're a smart guy, like and like kind of making me feel like, oh, maybe I am. And then it just like really was easy to catch on. So like when I did the Poliquin, I was like, oh. I'm remembering this. Mm -hmm. I am smart. I can study this because I like it. Mm -hmm. I so, think yeah, that's kinda... a big part of just enjoying it and being able to apply that a lot more than possibly a normal school curriculum and how that interests. And when you're 14, 15 through yeah. 18, how much interest you have in some of those topics For is sure. kind of difficult. Yeah. But then diving into something that you're like, oh, I really enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was so helpful because even through my finance stuff, I found it very difficult. And this probably should have been a sign, <laughs> but I found it very difficult to acquire knowledge at the same rate. Whereas fitness, I was doing that on the side and able to like keep progressing my fitness knowledge the mm -hmm. whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so within that, when you went from fitness and you transitioned to finance just for that more stability as a family, um, as well as what your future looked like within that transition, how did fitness still fit into your life? Um, yeah, in, a, in an unhealthy way. So I kind of just um, like I would read the blogs and keep up on the information as much as I possibly could. Um, so there was that. But then it was really hard to manage because work weeks went from like 40 hours a week to 60 to sometimes 80, sometimes pushing a little further. And so then naturally I would like eat what I thought was healthy, mm -hmm. um, maybe not so much psychologically that that approach, but I would eat like two weeks a month very well, train really hard and um, using the methods of training that I was using, they were very intense and really like grinded me down. So then I would just be so tired at work and then you start working longer and then I would go into like basically a non-fitness mm -hmm. phase so I was just like undulating between these and never really getting anywhere and progressively just feeling like worse mm -hmm. mentally yeah. burning out and then the burnout at the bottom would stay that way a little longer and so on yeah yeah and I think that it, it speaks to and anyone listening can probably feel his passion for fitness throughout all of this but it's something of when you lose that piece of something that really makes you who you are, mm -hmm. it makes everything else a lot harder. And so Austin also talked about that and Alex did on their podcast of just being in a spot where fitness has always had a spot in their life some, to some degree. And mm -hmm. when they've lost that, and Austin put it a good way, he's like, it's always on the list. But like when it drops out of that top five or that top 10, I see everything else just not being where I want it to be because it is that driver of how you feel and what a part of you you is yeah it's like if that is who you are it's really difficult to kind of suppress that mm -hmm. for very long I was even thinking on the way here because this is my first time like being with um like-minded fitness oriented people in years right mm -hmm. and I was just thinking to myself I was like man I like had suppressed so much of who I was in finance because people just don't want to hear about mm -hmm. it right like when you go for dinner because you're all working late it's like no one has the idea that they want to like figure out what they want to eat it's just <laughs> like let's just get a burger or sushi or something and like with like throw caution to the wind we're here we're working life sucks mm -hmm. 
And it's like, then I'm like talking to people who are like minded and it's like, oh, like you guys are talking about this. I can do that again. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last night we had a little bit of a team mingle and uh, I had offered something to Caleb and he was like, I'm just like not used to this and yeah. finance. This was not the vibe that yeah. everyone was putting off um, <laughs> versus now. So yeah. it is really cool to be able to find that part of you and be like, oh, I forgot it. I enjoy talking about this. Yeah. I can talk about this and I can dive into what this means to me and continue yeah. to become better because of it. Yeah. 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 So within finance, obviously you were there for a few years and then transitioning to this pot where you felt that pull of, oh crap, I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of forever. Mm -hmm. What did that transition look like or that thought process for you as you were trying to figure out what that meant to you? Yeah, I think it had just kind of been under the surface, um, ignored for a long time. And then COVID happened and we had to transition to working from home. And that just created so much more stress because it was like, you already had like a work phone and you were always on. But then when you were just expected that you can like walk into your office upstairs, mm -hmm. it got really intense. And I think at some point I was just like, I just want to try fitness. I've got like the N1 stuff and mm -hmm. all my recent education. Let's just try. Mm -hmm. And so at that point I was just like, I'm giving my two weeks notice and then I'm just going to do it. And that, in retrospect, was a bit of a mistake because I didn't <laughs> plan it out financially well enough. And I felt a little pressure and went back into finance. But now this time around, it's been a little more planned. And then, but again, I like went back into finance and I was kind of like, maybe this is the right thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's like if you make the mistake and then you get out of it, luckily, like you hope that that's the solution. But I guess if you make the mistake again right away, mm -hmm. you can still correct course. Yes. So that's the the good lesson there. But yeah, so I went back, tried to do it like wholeheartedly for a bit. And it just like I was feeling like very down, very anxious. It just like it kind of was like. I'm like something in me was like, you're doing the right thing. And then as soon as I went the other direction again, it was like, this is the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And so like I as I started moving towards fitness and talking to you guys at PD and stuff, I just started feeling a little better and that started getting better and better and better. And then, yeah. yeah. And now we're here. Yeah. We're yeah. here and we're on team PD and yes. we're rocking and rolling. Um, but with you talking about like it, it felt right when you were going to fitness and when you back went back, it was like that immediate no, mm -hmm. that internal friction. I think it's also something to kind of talk about within what a lot of clients feel as far as their fitness journey, what it means to have a coach or what they want for themselves. For clients, they get lost sometimes and well, I just want to look this certain way. So I yeah. need to be with a coach until I look this way or until I reach this goal and then I can be done with what that is. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that's an approach that is helpful for clients or what does that look like as far as how you like to work with clients or your thought process on what that should be? Yeah, I would say in the vast majority of cases that I would say, I would think that that's not a helpful mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not because there's anything inherently wrong with trying to accomplish something you want. And like, it doesn't mean that it's not what you want either. Like if you want to look good naked when you're looking in the mirror, it's like, that's an admirable goal mm -hmm. and it's difficult and it's it can create health but at the same time it's not going to create that like moment where you're like I'm good mm -hmm. now things are good and I think um the benefit of having a coach like I know there's coaches where things just went well in fitness and we were like they look great they're just jacked it's it's all easy and then there's a coach like myself where it's like been a constant grind but when I look back I can kind of look at clients and see that. And I definitely know in my experience that 
achieving the physical goal really didn't scratch the surface of any of what I actually wanted. Mm -hmm. And it's not about that that goal isn't rewarding. It's that you've set your goal to look better, thinking that looking better is what you want. Mm -hmm. But there's something kind of below the surface that is actually the issue and, and what's causing you to feel a certain way. And it's not necessarily, and I would say usually not addressed with an improvement in your fitness. Yeah. Yeah. And so within that, obviously, that digs into a whole barrage of people's mental layers and everything mm -hmm. that went into their life to be in this spot that not only they don't look the way that they want, but they probably don't feel the way that they want, or they have some deeper things. Like you said, it just scratched the surface for me, or it wasn't just getting to a certain look. It was like, oh, I still have other things to deal with. And yeah. obviously at Physique Development, we do not work with clients that um, in that mental capacity, we're not therapists. Mm -hmm. But what can a coach do from that perspective to make sure that they're showing up for their clients and allowing them to see that progress? Is that something where, again, is it a longer term? Like, what does that look like for you? Or how would you like that to look like for your clients? Yeah, I think actually, like one of the more unspoken and important places for the coach to act in that scenario is to actually know where their limit is too. Mm -hmm. So to say to someone like, Lynn, I even had like with my current coach, when I was coming in to work with him, um, I was not in a good mental place, especially with food. And he was very clear on the boundary of like, this is not what I do. So here's what we can work with in that in those confines. And here's what you can do. Um, and maybe that's going to a therapist or doing psychological work or things like that. So I think with respect to those type of things, it's important for the coach to draw that boundary and ensure that both they act in it and the client knows kind of where that limit is. But kind of once you're once you've drawn that boundary, there's obviously places that the coach can work with. And I think um, one, having the coach in those type of scenarios is so important because they can kind of maintain objectivity. Mm -hmm. So if you're really starting to struggle with food, the coach can actually see that. It's really hard. And I know that there are probably listeners that have experienced it to know when food is not feeling healthy mm -hmm. or when any of your fitness like um, any of your fitness journey, when you're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, I'm small or I'm too big or whatever. <laughs> it's like none of that is really real. Mm -hmm. And so the coach is extremely valuable for that um, in kind of setting you straight and being like, there is progress or this is actually the reality of what's happening. And then we can kind of like keep pulling back layers and getting deeper and deeper and deeper until you get to a point where like the coach is not really dealing. It is just like the program mm -hmm. or what are your macros? But that's kind of like the last piece I find as mm -hmm. we kind of dig in with a client. Yeah. And so while we don't do the the mental health side of things as far as, oh, we're, we're diving into your whole vision of what food has meant to you, but it is something where we don't just go, okay, here are your macros, mm -hmm. here's your training, just do it and things will all be good. Yeah. So what would you say as a coach, you can kind of dig into that to be able to help a client while still drawing that boundary? Because that boundary is extremely important, not only for scope of practice and legalities, mm -hmm. but also for the fact of allowing you to do your job better. Yeah. And as a coach, if you try to wear every single hat, you can't really serve someone the way no. that they need. And it wears on the coach. It brings yeah. you down um, and it brings down your quality of work. So what does that look like as far as, okay, that boundary is there. But mm -hmm. instead of just saying, here's your macros, here's your training, yeah. what does that look like? Yeah. So and I think the first step is to meet someone where they're at. Like 
We know that macros isn't good for everyone. If you've never counted food before, you can already see that that might just be an added stressor. And that's another like kind of mental hurdle to overcome. So meeting someone where they're at and working with, you kind of have the coach who applies their expertise by looking at the food, looking at the quantity, figuring out some data, and then making decisions that are going to be easy to integrate. But then I think it's also just helpful to have your coach kind of apply their knowledge and give share their experience to be like, like, I know we have the holidays coming up, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone kind of there's events kind of scattered through this from Thanksgiving (laughs) to Christmas and New Year's, right? And it's like, so what do we do is is what we do kind of be like, well, no, we know what healthy eating is. So no, we don't do Christmas. We just bring Tupperware and, and do we our thing. We just sit with family. <laughs> yeah. And just to be clear, I think that's a horrible um, uh, approach. approach. <laughs> yeah. We don't, uh, I would never um, say that. But so in that scenario, I think it's important. You can kind of say two things. Like you can have the coach be like, no, this isn't going to get you to your goal. But at the same time, it's kind of like that, con- that adding that context and being like, but does it matter? Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to eat go wild on Christmas day. Mm -hmm. Like in all likelihood, you're not going to go backwards much. And the thing is, this isn't a finite time frame that we're really like, I mean, it is, we're only living for a certain amount of time, but it's not like you have a week to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's about showing that broad landscape and saying, look, like December, like a bad day doesn't make a bad week. A bad week doesn't make a bad month. And a bad month doesn't make a bad year necessarily. Mm -hmm. And having the ability to kind of come back to your baseline and be shown how to do that is huge. And I actually find that the holiday season is a really important time to teach clients how to navigate these things. Because if you can get through Christmas and feel like maybe you didn't progress to your goal, maybe you didn't even stay at maintenance, but you didn't walk 20 miles in the other direction, Mm -hmm. you're going to be happy. And then if you can do that through Christmas, you can do that basically anytime, (laughs) right? And then that coach, being able to come back to that coach and be like, oh man, I I know I said I was just going to have Christmas day, but I did Christmas Eve, Christmas day and went crazy on New Year's and having them just be like, that's okay. Like we just readjust our expectations for a little bit. We might have a little further to go, but we can work with all that without like doing the crash diets and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So it's the coach's job is really about balancing the mental pressure with what's actually going to work on Mm -hmm. the physiological side. Yeah. And I think that it's helpful to point out with Caleb saying like, oh, if you went ham on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and New Year's Eve, and he said like, oh, it's okay. That doesn't necessarily mean like we are promoting like, hey, just go ham whenever you want and we'll adjust the plan. Mm -hmm. It's more so to look at it. And I think Caleb is really great at this of looking at it of what is going to allow someone to get better in tune with themselves to learn about things. Yes. Because when it comes to coaching, the reason that as physique development, we have minimums that you have to work with us and we really do like working with clients long term Mm -hmm. is not because we want to take your money for forever. In fact, a lot of inquiry calls, I tell people, I don't want to take your money forever. I want you to work with me for a time period that's going to be beneficial so you don't have to keep hiring a coach. You don't have to keep falling into these same routines, these same habits. You don't have to crash diet. You get to learn about yourself. And within a long time period, you get to go through different experiences. So let's Mm -hmm. say someone just does it for a month or a few months, and they're doing it when it's maybe their teacher and it's in the summer and they don't have the stress of everything else. Yeah. 
that's a lot different scenario than the holidays while you're teaching yeah. and navigating through it all. Yeah. So it's something that we don't want to sit here and be like, work with us for a super long amount of time so that you can like, or you're not going to see progress. Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll see progress before that. Yep. But we're diving past that. It's not just the physical progress. It's the progress that allows you to look at the habits mm -hmm. and the habitual things that got you to that point. And I think that that comes personally from your own experience of what fitness meant to you and yep. how it's allowed your life to be different. So I think a really cool question would be to see like, when you first got into fitness, what did fitness mean to you? Or why were you doing fitness? What was your goal? Yeah, like, and that's, it's so funny, because like, my thought process, even just with in response to what you were just saying, like fits so well into that. But fitness to me, when I first started was purely physical, mm -hmm. it was physiological, right? So it's like, am I eating healthy food? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's like, even that to say this because everyone has a different definition of what's healthy and those can get very narrow or they can be too wide. Like, but that's already just a myopic way to view it. Mm -hmm. But it's like that. And then it was like, am I lifting and getting like, is my body looking more or less like the movie star on the magazine mm -hmm. cover? Right. And at that point, for me, it just got so myopic that it's like I've reduced my entire human experience to am I succeeding in fitness? Mm -hmm. And I mean, like I wasn't. And then the thing is, if you're not, and it's like usually when you reduce to that point, unless you're a professional, it, it's not going to go super well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, when it is a professional, you don't see all the things that they go through. Um, so, yeah, like you just reduce it and then you start realizing and you or you start realizing that you've been losing really valuable experiences. And like back to the holiday thing, Christmas is a valuable experience beyond what you're eating mm -hmm. right like there is a it's you rarely do you see a turkey dinner and like a big christmas feast for one person alone yeah right like it's the social aspect it's seeing friends and family it's like the traditions and all that and i guess when i started fitness i had tried to almost reduce my life to be just fitness and avoid all that mm -hmm. so it didn't matter if i was missing out yeah. because it was like well I'll have a six pack and that's all that I care about. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think it's good to be able to zoom back and say, what is health? And mm -hmm. being able to see like, while I might have my thought process for health would be having that six pack abs. Yep. Let's look at, well, my health also includes my relational health. Yep. And if I've reduced myself down to fitness, I don't have relationships. Yeah. So how healthy is my life that I don't have the things that make life important yeah. as far as what that looks like? Yeah. And then even like, yeah. And psychological health of if you reduce down to fitness, there's a lot of pressure on you to keep everything out because you can't really stop life from happening mm -hmm. to you. Right. Like even if you are all about fitness, you're probably going to get stranded out on the road somewhere and have to eat a burger. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Right. Like, you're not going to be like, I'm going to starve to death because that <laughs> burger is yeah. not what health I, is to me. I'd rather starve healthy <laughs> than, than live mm, by someone else's definition of, of unhealthy. Yeah, unhealthy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what fitness used to mean to you. What would you say fitness or health means to you now and what that's looked like? Yeah. So um, certainly now it's it's definitely I think fitness is kind of the expression of our physical um, body and like the physiology and improving that health. But it's basically like the ability to express that within the context of your entire life. Mm -hmm. So um, do you have relationships? And 
Like for me, I would say like, if I have a relational situation where say we want to go play a game mm -hmm. that's physical, like, or play with my nieces and nephews or something, can you do that physically? Like that is an expression of fitness, right? But then also like, do I want to go on a vacation and feel good about myself? Like there is still self-image is important, yeah. right? Like we want to feel that we have accomplished something and we look the way we want to. And I feel like if you can kind of keep it all if you can honor all those aspects of your life, so relational, psychological, spiritual health, like all of this stuff, um, even career health, mm -hmm. and you can somehow still manage to honor the physiological and fitness health within all that, that's kind of like true health. So fitness isn't the path to health. It is a tool to the physical health of your mm -hmm. body, right? And it should kind of fit in the puzzle that is your whole life and kind of support a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And so that's what I really like to coach is if you come in eating, like even if someone's eating pizza every day, I am not the coach to say no pizza. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't think that that has enough context. Like maybe I'll say that depending, mm -hmm. but if someone's not ready to make that change and that's a big part of their life and there's all these factors around it, like, yeah. So I just kind of see it as like, it's one piece to the puzzle and it's not going to make or break. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's something that you said earlier of really wanting to meet clients where they're at. I think that there's a fine line of that is that doesn't mean that Caleb's going to completely break his back because he's going to allow you to do whatever you want to mm -hmm. do and he's going to constantly change everything for you. But it's more so of a symbiotic relationship of being able to see, I'm going to meet you where you're at because I've been there where yeah. someone didn't meet me or I didn't understand how to meet myself and figure that out. And as long as you have effort and are willing to have conversation with me to try different things, to take things into account, to be self-reflective, to have conversation, to learn, then I will help you. I will yeah. bend a little bit more to be able to get to that point, to pull you up with me and get to yeah. that spot. Well, and that's, I think it's so important because it's like, when I say I'm going to be flexible, it's like, but you've told me your goal. So mm -hmm. if your goal is to lose 20 pounds, I'm I'm not just going to be like, okay, well, it's now my time to show you how to lose 20 pounds. My first question is kind of like, well, how does that look? Mm -hmm. Like, what does our life look like? And then my job as a coach is to set boundaries around that. And that's like where I won't like bend or break. Where if you kind of like, you're like, yeah, I don't like, I want to be able to enjoy time with friends, but I don't want to go do pizza every night when I'm stressed from work but I want to lose 20 pounds. It's like, those are the things that I'm going to protect mm -hmm. and like kind of put up boundaries and like reflect back at you when you say, oh, I just had a really hard week. Um, and I just went and did pizza every week. And it's like, well, this is so far off your goal. Are you sure this is what you want? Like th this is the path that you need to set out kind of, right? So you're still, there's a fine line, like you're, you're saying between being a pushover and just letting people run wild. Mm -hmm because that's not what you're paid for, Yeah. right? Like we're paid <laughs> to get the result eventually, but I think it's important to not only know what the result is, the desired result physically and kind of fitness-wise, so how you feel, but what context is that in? Mm -hmm. It's a lot different to get a six-pack when you are not seeing anyone ever and cooking all your own food than it is for like when I was a banker, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and yeah. I think that it's that 
the difference between, okay, what effort do you want to put in and what's your expectation or what's your goal there? And sometimes you do have to adjust the expectation and sometimes you have to adjust your own freaking effort and put put more of that forward. And so being able to balance what that looks like is extremely important to reach your goals and having the self-awareness to say, it's not just I hired a coach, I'm going to see results. It's, okay, I hired a coach, they're going to help me. I'm going to see results. Um, So within that, if you were to give a call to action as far as like the client or the type of client you want to work with or kind of what that looks like, what would that look like? Or even just what you would like to say to whether it's the audience or specific person listening to this of like, hey, this is who I am as a coach and this is who I want to be able to help Mm -hmm. um, and go from there. Yeah, I think that... um I, the people that I kind of want to help are the people that have kind of walked my path at one stage or another, right? Because you kind of see, I've seen the light at the end of the tunnel and kind of know how to draw people out um, through that. And I think what that might look like if you're listening and you're kind of thinking, is this me? Is kind of like either you kind of feel a little lost and you're unsure if you have what it takes. Like if you're like thinking, oh, I need to cut carbs and I need to work out six days a week and all these things, it's like, that's the type of person that I want to help because it's kind of like, it's actually different. Mm-hmm. Like we can do it a little easier and we can make it less stressful on you. And and kind of the person that kind of needs more guidance than the drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can be drill sergeant Caleb at times when <laughs> I need to be, but um, I, I certainly wouldn't say that I'm like a uh, the trainer for those who want militant instruction. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like I would say, if you're kind of thinking to yourself, I would get a coach, but I think that it might just be a little too much for me. Mm -hmm. It might be too strict or there's too many rules or it won't be able to work in my life. Like, I think that that is the ideal client for me because I am very, um, I've been there. I've seen what life looks like when you do all those things. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that if that's not what you want, that's not what you have to do. Yeah. Right. And I'll also speak that he will also be a phenomenal educator and uh, he will help you as long as you put some effort forth and help yourself as well. Um, But I think that that was a great way to kind of phrase what that looks like for the clientele you're looking at. Um, Because with PD, we do really care about what that matches for you. Each coach on staff has a different skill set and works well with different clients and has a want for different clients because of how we as a team can help those clients. Um, Where some people do want cut and dry, I don't want emotion, I want a Mm -hmm. drill sergeant. And some people want someone to help them figure it out because they don't know how to. Um, And so for me, I'm someone more of like, tell me what to do and I'll do it Mm because of where I am in my fitness journey versus where I was at the very beginning. (laughs) And so it is something of knowing that about yourself, having these conversations is extremely helpful and something we always want to put forth within physique development is not every coach is going to be a perfect match for you. That doesn't mean that they're not a great coach. Mm -hmm. It just means you got to listen to what the coach is saying and who they're wanting to help and being able to find that match for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So before we sign off and kind of wrap things up, we're going to do a few things here. So first, tell everyone your education background and your certifications within fitness. Sure. Um, So like I mentioned earlier, I did um, a number of years ago, the Poliquin Biosignature 
Um, a few like muscle neuro stimulus things with Poliquin. I think it's called Poliquin Instant Muscle Strengthening Technique. I cannot do that online for you. <laughs> uh, you need to be with me. So it's not really important. And then I did the um, Poliquin PICP level one and two. Um, but more recently, I have done, and most of my education has come from N1 education. So, um, and my coach is from N1 as well. So a lot of, um, that's like kind of the bulk of my education courses right now. And then I also like to kind of branch out to things that I don't know if I agree with or if they make me a little uncomfortable. So currently doing precision nutrition, not to say that these companies make <laughs> me feel uncomfortable or anything, but um, working towards that. And then I've also done some stuff with the Czech Institute. So always kind of branching out. Mm -hmm. But N1 is kind of the center of gravity of that education. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then what would you say if you were to look back at your fitness journey, one piece of advice you would give your past self or one oh, one yeah. big piece that you learned from it? Um, if you <laughs> If you do half of what you think you need to do right now and you keep that up for one, maybe two, three years, you'll be exactly where you want to be. Perfect. Yeah. Um, then what's your favorite color? Oh, I don't know, but <laughs> black came into my head and I didn't want to say it because it was like, wow, what a dark person. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, your favorite food? Burgers or pizza. Like, uh -huh. yeah. Classic. <laughs> it's cheesy. Oh, what kind of burger? Like a nice thin burger, big thick burger? Oh, I mean, I haven't had one in a while, but like, I feel like a Big Mac is like so good. <laughs> Big Mac. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, and then um, what is your preferred shower setting? I, I mean, in terms of pressure or heat, like heat, you I'm, know? I'm like a on the cold, like I like lukewarm showers. I'm okay. really sensitive to like it being too hot. Yeah. Okay. When I turn it on, if my wife has just showered, it's like always too hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then where can people find you online? Yeah. So um, the vast majority is on Instagram. So my handle is at coach.calebk. And that will be in the show notes. So don't worry if you didn't catch that. That'll be linked in the show notes. And then where's your email at? Email is Caleb at physiquedevelopment.com. And that will also be in the show notes as well as if you are listening and it did really hit home as far as, oh, that sounds exactly like me. There'll be a link to in inquire to work with Caleb, but we are extremely happy to have him on PD. Glad that finance is no longer pulling and hitting that <laughs> friction there. Um, and just excited for you all to hear more and learn more about Caleb. So definitely go give him a follow on Instagram. Um, he obviously was just on this podcast in this episode. Um, uh, but we might be doing some more episodes or some articles. So just being able to keep up with the physique development Instagram because we're always posting what the coaches are doing on there. He's done a few takeovers and he's going to continue to do that. So just keep an eye out, get to know Caleb more. And that's about all. So thank you guys so much for listening. Again, if you haven't listened to the coach podcasts of the owners, Alex and Austin's podcasts are already up and mine will be coming here soon of our fitness journeys. If you're listening to Caleb's, you're like, oh, great. I want to learn more about the team in general. Each coach has a coach coach spotlight. Um and they have a podcast of their own. So you can definitely go listen to any of the other coaches podcasts on the physique development podcast. And then we also have all of their bios on our 
website, so physiquedevelopment.com, and you can find everything there. And if you're listening to this and you've really loved the educational side of physique development um, and you would love to hire us as a coach, but it's not financially in the cards, we do have a training app. So it is the Physique Development Training Club, PDTC. I'll have the link in the show notes as well. You will go to our uh, website to be able to learn, and it has whole FAQs on there. Um, so you'll be able to learn about what all's included in the app, and then you can download it from the app store and get your program started for $35 a month. But I'll let the very in-depth website do the talking for me, and I'll just direct you to the website. But thank you so much for listening, Caleb. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Hey guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five-star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com backslash free education, where you will find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. No strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.